Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's get a new week started on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sanders, the super intern uh, Nathan Lee is even in the studio with us. Luke Johnson, he's in Laurel at the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We're glad you're with us uh, for another week of the Eagle Hour. Big week uh, on the road, Wednesday and Friday. We'll be talking more to you about that in just a moment. Uh, before we go to uh, David Eckert, Hattiesburg American, let me remind you that Dickie's Barbecue Pit sponsors the opening segment of the show every day. We're proud to have them on our program and proud that they support Southern Miss Athletics the way they do. It's a great place to take your family and cater your homecoming event this weekend at Dickie's Barbecue. Nathan, real quickly, now you're getting a dose of what it's like to have to be around Kelly when the Bengals lose and the Bucks win in the same weekend. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with them on this Tom Brady rant. I can't I can't you know discredit Amen. that. Hey, listen to these bitter voices. Uh, let me tell you, and, and this is all I'm going to say about this: if you're going to get 15 yards for even looking at Tom Brady, <laughs> let alone just tackling him regularly, I'm going to get my money's worth, buddy. I'm going to tell my guy, you go in there, take the 15 yards, take him out. <laughs> All right, David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American may not come back after uh, that little rant right there. Uh, David, do you hate Tom Brady to the degree Kelly Sander does? Keeping in mind he's a he's a Bengals fan, so you know it's life's pretty difficult sure. to begin with. Yeah, I, I harbor no particular Tom Brady hatred, but I'm with him on the call. That's okay, all right, but. Uh... All right, David. You were uh, you were also in Troy, Alabama, Saturday night, and uh, that didn't turn out too well. It was you know it was close at halftime, a ten to seven uh, game at halftime, but the Golden Eagles outscored seventeen to three in the second half, and uh, unable to uh, just my observation, unable to run the ball, therefore unable to keep the uh, Troy defensive line off the quarterback, who they were just coming after in full bore. And a little overmatched in the second half, uh, particularly by the Troy defense. Is is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so. I mean, just overmatched in, in general on offense. I mean, nothing really worked. They, they they got the ball to Jason Brownlee, which is which is good, but they didn't really get him going down the field. Um, you know, two hundred five yards of total offense, guys. I mean. You're not winning football games that way, especially not when you turn it over four times. So, yeah, just just not not great. Um, defense really good uh, as always, but uh, they just they didn't get the support. Yeah, a defense on the field way too much, I thought, in the second half. And uh, uh, you know, you Wilkie makes some really bad throws, some heartbreaking interceptions, but it, you can't really blame him totally. I mean, he has to take some of the blame, obviously, David, but. I mean, he was he was just hounded all night by the uh, Troy defensive front. Yeah, it was it was it was a difficult game for Zach. Um, I don't think he played well, um, but uh, he just he the, the offensive line wasn't any good. 
the 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 run game. The run game was okay. Like Frank Gore was better than he's been lately, um, but wasn't enough to, I guess, make the defense, the Troy defense, account for that in particular. Um, and the thing that kind of stuck with me from this game, and and I wonder if we see more teams try to do this against Southern Miss, is Troy, and and, and this is kind of paraphrasing Will Hall, but but Troy made it their mission to keep Southern Miss's receivers in the passing game in front of them. They were not going to give up the explosive play, um, and they were going to meet, uh, make Zach Wilkie beat them, um, you know, uh, in, in the short game, in the mid-range game, repeatedly to put together a successful drive. That's, that's, what, they, that's what they forced to do, and, and the Southern Miss offense couldn't execute consistently enough to, to um, make that game plan backfire. So, you know, I, I'll be interested to see if that becomes the formula against them. Um, but it, it definitely worked Saturday. All right, Luke, uh, if you've got it handy, uh, let's hear what Coach uh, Hall had to say, and then you get it here with if, David. If we can play that a little later, Bob, I'll okay. get it oh, that's up good. for you. All right, we'll jump in but here with I'll, David. I'll, I'll, I'll summarize just a little bit. You know, he, he was talking, David, in the in the, the post game about what they were doing on defense. And to, to your point, what you just said, and, and answer this on both sides, a lot of a lot of questions about the play calling. How much of that, you know, so far what we've seen, it's obviously been a lot better than what we saw last year uh, because of personnel. But how much of what we saw Saturday play calling is a freshman quarterback, and how much of it Saturday also was what with Troy was doing on defense? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I do think that your your playbook is less expansive when you have a freshman quarterback, right? Um, you know, especially one that, you know, maybe wasn't plan A coming into the season. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a factor. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm sorry, can you repeat your question for the, for the Troy uh, defense? I, I lost. So, so to your point about, you know, them, we, we couldn't get Brownlee in single coverage. They're playing off. We had Casson across the middle a couple times, just bad throw, but how much of, of what Troy was doing defensively, Calls the play calling to basically be short passes to try to you know that were you know basically extensions of the run game. You really couldn't take shots. Yeah, I think I think that was a huge factor. Um, you know, Will, Will Hall kind of said that. Um, you know, but but you do right if if you recognize that you're unable to execute that consistently, then at some point you do have to try to to, to find a way to get those chunk plays. Um, you know, they, they tried that wheel route that, that, that got intercepted. I think it was the fourth quarter. It might have been the late third. Um, you know, they, they just – it wasn't working. They started to, to try to do different things, and that, that also didn't work, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah and um, I don't know. It just wasn't, wasn't great on all fronts. Last question for me, throw it to Kelly. How much of what they did, they came out in the second half, Troy did march straight down the field, and it was probably the weakest moment of the of the day for uh, for the defense. How much did that contribute to how things went in the second half? Um, it, it probably contributed a lot, right? Because if you think about it, you know, I mean, like it, it goes from a one-score game to a two-score game right away. And at that point, the way that you play offense has to change. Um and I don't think Southern Miss responded particularly well to that change. Um, this is not an offense, and I know they did it against Tulane. I, I just—it doesn't feel like an offense that okay, we're down 
two scores, and you know we 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 need to come back in the second half. It doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of capability there um, in, in those kind of situations, and and they were instantly put into that situation by that Troy drive. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, but really, you know, guys, I, I thought the defense was awesome in this game, right? Like that twenty-seven next to Troy is is so. I guess unreflective of the way that the Southern Miss defense played in this game, um, and it just uh, that that was kind of the one I guess moment of weakness that they really had. Well, one one of the things that that you do when the defensive line is making inroads against your offensive line is to do the two three step drops, quick passes to alleviate any pressure on the quarterback. I mean, we saw that with the Bengals last year, even though Joe Burrow was getting killed. They do these little quick dump right. passes to try to alleviate any pressure there. My question is, did were we suffering a little, uh, did we drink too much of the two-lane Kool-Aid where we were a little bit, uh, we had a little bit of a two-lane hangover, and did we overestimate perhaps at this point how good the Southern Miss team is? Reset us here, David, as to where we need to be and the realistic <laughs> expectations for this Eagle team going forward. Yeah, I, I think there was a little bit of that. I think I was probably guilty of, of some of that, right? Um, you know, that you, you just get caught up in, in the emotion around you of, of, of what you're seeing, and it, it just happens that way. But, yeah, I guess resetting like you asked, right? This is a team with an elite defense, right? This, this defense is really, really good. And... But I guess my previous estimation, what it was, it was a, it was a team with a defense and a freshman quarterback who isn't outstanding yet, but is going to take care of the football. And now we've kind of seen, okay, it's in the range of outcomes for Zach Wilkie to not take care of the football, right? To have a four turnover day. So that's kind of where I'm at in my head. It's like now there's this extra variable of, okay, are they going to, to, to take care of the football? Are they going to, I guess, avoid the big mistakes that lose you football games. And that's not really something I factored into my analysis, I guess, heading into this game, and I definitely will moving forward. Um, so that's where I'm at, right? Really, really good, <clears throat> excuse me, really good defense, uh, freshman quarterback, good weapons for him, suspect offensive line. Um, you know, can you score the points, and can you avoid the big mistakes? Those are, those are the questions. Four turnovers, five sacks, an average of 1.8 yards per carry rushing the football. Not a formula. Not a formula for winning. Nope. Going to continue our conversation nope. with David Eckert, Hattiesburg American, on the Super Talk Eagle Hour right after this. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, second segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. You can shop them uh, online at CampusBookmart.net. You can shop six days a week on Hardy Street. Say hello to Miss Kathleen. They've got great Southern Miss apparel at Campus Bookmart. 
Reminder, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. It is there for you 24-7. All right, uh, Golden Eagles, as we said, going out of the break, average just 1.8 yards per carry in an attempt to rush the football, unable to do so all night. Uh, Coach Hall was asked after the game why that was so difficult, and here's what he had to say. Well, we just... You know, we, we popped some runs there in the first half and didn't uh, didn't uh, get got one call back on a penalty. And uh, every time we got something going, they forced a turnover or we turned it over, however you want to look at it. You know, as far as the run game, we didn't try to run it very much. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we, were, we were, you know, they, they field blissed a lot. We were in two-by-two two sets. They rolled to an extra guy in the box. We were in three-by-one sets. And so we went to the air. We had some things there. Uh, we didn't didn't execute as good as we would like. And we've got to get a lot better quickly offensively. David, uh, when you have a freshman quarterback, and uh, as you've indicated, and you're exactly right, we know now that he he does have a tendency to look like a freshman when he's under a lot of pressure. You have to find a way to run a football to some degree to take pressure off of him. Is that not correct? Yeah, I I, I think so. To be honest, guys, I thought they ran it okay against Troy. I think, and it's really stupid, and I hate that, that, that it's like this, but in college football, sacks are factored into your rushing yardage total. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, Frank Gore, if you take Zach Wilkie out of it, Frank Gore rushed it 15 times for 67 yards, which is a four and a half y- y- yards per carry. That's fine, guys. Like, that's not killing anybody. Um, but you, we, would I have liked to see it? Maybe, see them maybe run it a little bit more? Yes. I think the game script um, in, in the second half, kind of like we talked about, maybe prevented them from, from doing that. Um, but, you know, uh, you, you'd like that yardage total to be a little bit bigger, but efficiency-wise, I, I didn't think it was, it, was, it was a total disaster, to be totally honest. All right, Kelly, but uh, uh, not the caliber of team we played this week coming into town this weekend fair to say arkansas state uh, they're 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 getting better but they're they're a lot like southern miss a, a little lot of moving pieces part but part of what's glaring about this southern miss team and you guys have already talked about how great the defense is so you're expecting in the, the scales of justice that your offense would be just as good well they're not and you remember bob going into the season when we talked to all the other schools coaches administrators, play-by-play people, they all said the same thing. Exactly what we're seeing. Yes. They love the Southern Miss defense, not sold at all on the offense. And I think going forward, man, if this offense as a unit doesn't have a chip on its shoulder, yeah. something's, something's wrong. Luke, how difficult does that become in the locker room if you have a defensive football team that really is carrying the load and your offense is so inept that you're um, – and that may be a bad word – but your offense is so inefficient – that your defense is spending the entire second half on the field trying to fend off your opponent. The offense knows that. I mean, you know, it, it's they're they're not dumb. I mean, and and in some ways they take it on a challenge themselves because I think everybody on this team knows how good this defense is. And so it's what it's got to take is for guys on the offense to basically look around on their side of the ball and say, "Hey, we're not keeping our end of the deal." And, um, you know, and, and to really step up in that way. I, I do want to ask David about this, and it's not just because I'm a, I'm a homer at the position, but David, um, Mason Hunt, probably one of the best MVPs 
uh, so far uh, this year for this football team. I mean, the special teams for Southern Miss has been elite. Yeah, he's been awesome. Actually, I I wrote about special teams last week, so I got to talk to Mason. I think it was Tuesday, and you know, he, I, and the thing that I found interesting was, um, as you guys know, Mason Mason's a junior college guy. Um, I think he went to Gulf Coast. If memory serves, I don't have it in front of me, That's but right. he actually didn't start hunting um, un- until his his sophomore year there. So this is a guy who, I mean, he's punting incredibly well already, but this is a guy who still has upside, right? I mean, he, he's still learning how to do this, guys. So, I, I you know, I think it's going to be fun to, to continue to watch him do that. Um, you know, Co- Coach Meyer thinks he can punt in the NFL. And, you know, it's hard to be one of the, the 45 or, or 40 guys that, that get a shot. Um, to do to do that, so I think that's high praise. But yeah, the special teams been awesome, just really good. Um, you know, Mason didn't he had one against Troy that that wasn't great, but he had a couple that were really nice. Um, you know, that that unit um, has been really good. So I, that you know, it's why they won the two lane game, right? So right. nothing but good things to say about them. All right, um, go ahead, Luke. Zooming out, and and you guys can go back to the game if you want to. Zooming out with with the Sun Belt, we'll talk more about this in um in, in the next segment. Is is James Madison one of the biggest surprises of the college football season, if not the? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, you're you're six weeks or or seven weeks, whatever it is, into your, into your Division One uh, FBS lifespan, coming up from FCS, and you're already in the top twenty five. I mean, that's. It's just beyond cool. It's a great story. Yeah. Um, it's it's great for the conference, and you know they're 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 not on some, some Southern Miss's schedule this year. So Southern Miss fans who just kind of appreciate it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's just it's really cool. All right, Nathan, you you looked it up. They uh, they play Coastal, do they not? Yes, it's their last game of the season. Both of their teams' last game of the season. So we'll get a we'll get a nice little test about. So it that's the, the game of the year. Yeah, I think we could agree with that. In the, even though they, even though if they were to win out, they can't play in the championship game. They can be in the top twenty-five. They can yep. hang that banner, as I think David uh, said earlier in the year. They can hang a banner, you know, in their stadium, but they're not uh, going to play in the championship. Yeah, they got. All right, David. So you got to flush out uh, Troy. Uh, that was just a night that uh, you know you got to learn from it, but move on. Arkansas State comes in, should be a winnable football game for Southern Miss. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the early lines have Southern Miss favored by three or three and a half, depending on where you look. Um, their fifth FBS opponent, and the first time they've been favored in, in one of those games this year. So. Um, kind of a, a new experience, I guess, under Will Hall for them. It's like, okay, guys, here's here's a football team with a pulse, with a pulse, and you're supposed to beat them. Um, so that's kind of a, a new dynamic for them. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be kind of an interesting, uh, I guess, test because, like Will Hall, Butch Jones is in year two. Uh, he's kind of having the the opposite problem. They can't stop anybody. Um, so if, if you're looking for a game for the Southern Miss offense to kind of get right, I mean, here you go. Um, 
So it, it is kind of an interesting parallel, but uh, definitely a game that Southern Miss can win. Well, hopefully if they score 40 points in the first half, the sideline reporter won't describe it as an up-and-down offensive half for the, uh, for the team. But you, but you know, a, a three-point spread is not exactly and not normally what you're looking at in a homecoming game. Yeah, it's a home, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because normally yeah. the home field gives you three points to begin with. Yep. So what that tells yep. me is that Vegas thinks these teams are, are – are pretty well balanced. One, as David mentioned, Arkansas State can't stop anybody, but Southern Miss has difficulty scoring. So uh, th- this is this could and look this this is really big. Southern Miss does not. I'm not trying to overstate the obvious, but if they lose to Arkansas State, yeah. you know, then then you got some other questions that will start being asked. All right, David. Final question, and we appreciate your input every week. Golden Eagles have to do what to win Saturday night and. Uh, a race this Saturday night uh, that they just got through with. Is it, is it cheating? Is it say score points? <laughs> um, no, I, I think they need to take care of the football. You take care of the football with the defense and the special teams that you have. You're you're, you're going to win some football games, and and that's kind of what informed, I guess, my optimism for them after that Tulane win. Is you saw the formula, right? And then against Troy, the formula starts kind of crashing down because you turn it over four times, and you didn't really know that that was, that was something that could happen. So right. uh, that's the key for me is hang on to the football and Southern Miss should win the game. And you go back to the Liberty game. How many times they turned it over against Liberty? Was it five, five times? Yeah. Something like yep. that. So, and, and so those are two winnable games that the turnover margin was just too much to overcome. Four sacks, uh, five sacks, four turnovers. Even Penn State loses when they play like that, right, David? (laughs) Yep, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, buddy, we appreciate you, man. We'll look forward to having you back on the show next Monday. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'll talk to you later. All right, David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American. And uh, I don't know, you just got to flush it out. Luke, did you ever play any of them games when Jeff Bauer said, "Ah, let's just forget about that game. We're not going to look at the film. Let's move forward. Uh, no, I mean he would he would sit on him. He would he was determined for it never to to happen again. But yeah, I mean it, it weighs on you. I mean you put your whole life into it, and it's just not working like you do. I, w- I want to go back to one thing as we go to commercial. I, I think I think Southern Miss fans, you know, looking at play calling and and talking about that. I, I think there's something to be said for that. At the same time, you need to remember. The offensive playbook is limited with the freshman quarterback. And as David said, and as Coach Hall said, what Troy was doing on defense, you know, hamstrung us more than what people realize as far as attacking down the field. All right, when we come back, Lee Roberts, he's got a view of the game as well. He was in Troy Saturday night. We'll hear what he thought right after this. Southern Miss to the top. All right, our thanks to David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American for joining us. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great place to go eat a really good lunch one day this week. It's $9.95. That includes your tea and uh, your tip. And uh, the food is always good. The uh, servings are big. And the food is uh, it's a working man's lunch at 4th Street Bar and Grill, $9.95. 
ninety-five cents. All right, uh, Lee Roberts, uh, former Southern Miss quarterback, color analyst for the radio network, about to join us. Before we get to Lee, though, uh, Coach uh, Hall asked uh, Saturday night after the game about the psyche of the young freshman quarterback having thrown three interceptions and uh, what he was trying to uh, get across to him on the sidelines uh, during the course of the game. And here's what Coach Hall had to say about that. Uh, you know, we got to learn from this. You know what I mean? we got to learn from this. He's going to watch this tape and see that he has some things there. He made some plays early. I thought it was unfortunate that, you know, his first two picks were tough. One very well could have been a pass interference. It was really tough. But that weighs on you as a quarterback. we got to put that behind us. And the second one was a really tough deal on him as well. And I think he maybe let that get to him because the next two pass plays, we had two people wide open, one in the flat, cold ball, the next one a curl, and he missed high both times. And so he's got to learn from that, right, and play one play at a time, and he will. He's a great kid with a lot of talent that is improving, and, uh, and he's got to learn to, 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 to put a bad play behind him and, uh, and go, go on to the next. All right, Lee Roberts, a uh, bad night for the freshman. Uh, sacked five times through three interceptions, fumbled the ball once. Uh, I, I don't think you probably ever had a night like that, but but I'm sure as a quarterback you had nights where things did not go well. What does this kid have to do now moving forward to flush that out of his uh, system? Well, you know, one thing you have to do in the middle of the game, and Coach kind of alluded to it, you just gotta, you got to put it behind you. I mean, obviously – you know, there are different kinds of quarterbacks out there. I mean, some that immediately put it behind them. You know, some go try to make a tackle to on the interception to take out that frustration. But I don't think Zach's that kind of guy. I mean, he's got he's to be able to get to the sideline. He's got to be able to process it, you know, talk it over with coach or talk it over with somebody, offensive line, wide receivers, and then immediately put it behind him because his next thing is getting back out on the field and making a play rather than, really harping on what he didn't make, you know, and then for this week, I mean, you, again, put it behind you. That game is over. There's nothing you can do outside of learning from your mistakes, watching the tape, except put this game behind you and focus now on Arkansas State. And I think that's the biggest thing that he needs to do. And, you know, like I said, Coach just said it, just put it behind you. He was under enormous pressure all night. And the lack of a running game, I, I, I still contend, uh, just complicates the issue. You know, I mean, you look at this Troy team. I mean, they're picked to win the West. They, you know, they've they've beaten some really good teams. They played they played Ole Miss to a, a really good game. They got beat last play of the game by Appalachian State. So, I mean, this is a this is a really good team. I know you guys talked earlier about Coastal and James Madison, but I mean, Troy's a good team. And you know, honestly, not that I was overlooking Troy. You never you never do that. You you've got to respect your opponent, but. They, they were better than I really anticipated. One at the quarterback position, you know, one up front offensively, and, man, defensively, this, this may be the toughest defense we face from this point forward. Luke? Um, Lee, I, I asked earlier, you know, kind of the opening drive is kind of the weakest point up for uh, for the defense, and it kind of changed the dynamic because you're, you're down three, and then, then you're down ten. And so, you know, if you stop them there, you can, you know, kind of play field position, but you almost play, you know, felt like, especially offensively, points were at a premium. It was really the only weakest part of the defense that, you know, for for the night overall. And just, uh, you know, they played pound for pound with, with Troy. I thought we were a little little weaker in the secondary that we could have been, but we were facing, you know, the, the, the leading current uh, yardage uh, quarterback in, in FBS. 
You know, and I mean, you talk about that drive to start the second half. I mean, we're we're down by three. I mean, just a score away. Defensively, what you want to do is hold the opponent, get the ball back, try to make something happen. But if you look at that, I mean, that was the only touchdown, really the only points that Troy scored all night without getting it from a turnover. I mean, their first field goal was due to a punt. Their first touchdown was due to, I mean, due to an interception. Their first touchdown was due to an interception. And, you know, their next two scores late in the game were due to uh, turnovers as well. So, I mean, this is the only really blemish that I feel where the defense really let this team down. And, again, you hate to even say that because this defense is so well coached. We have so much talent, and they have played so well all year long and did play great at Troy. But, yeah, just to, to give up a 83-yard drive to start the second half was very tough. Um, obviously, we knew it would be hard running the ball. Coach Hall said after the game they really didn't plan too much to, to run the ball. But, you know, you, you, you feel for Frank Gore. Um, he, he did. He had his best game in, in quite a few weeks, 15 rushes for 71 yards. You just kind of feel like when, when you're unable to, uh, to run the ball, he, he's just kind of a – He's kind of a wasted asset out there, unless you go super back or unless you, you know screens or get him on the edge. But uh, he, he fought hard. We we ran the ball good, you know, early, and then they they shut it down. But I just you know, I, I keep thinking about him, how good he is, and sometimes uh, by by where we're limited to up front, and even even with uh, you know the playbook with a freshman quarterback, it's frustrating for him. You know, it, it has to be, and when you really not run the ball like you want to, it does it puts a lot more pressure. You know, on your offensive line, it puts a lot more pressure on your quarterback because, you know, now they're coming at you from all different angles. And, you know, yeah, you try to try to get the ball out of your hand as quick as you can as a, as a quarterback. Wilkie was able to do that a lot with a lot of connections with Jason Brownlee. But, man, you know, the biggest asset right now that Frank Gore can be, you know, whether we're running the football or not, is kind of being that guy for Zach Wilkie. They get to stand beside each other. Just about every formation, there were times where it looked like Frank was even talking to Zach a couple times about something going on. And, and he's not just talking from a running back perspective. Maybe Frank, Frank is a quarterback in high school. He played, you know, super back the last three games of the year, was very effective doing it. So, I mean, he's, he's kind of seen it from both sides. And, you know, he's going to be a big asset for, for Zach Wilkie going forward as well. And, uh, you know, so when he's not running it, he's not touching it. He's, he's an extra extra voice there for the young quarterback. Lee, I want to ask you about uh, you know reasonable expectations because now now you got people you know in the fan base saying, well look what look what the coach at South Alabama has done in just his second year. You know they apparently are going to contend for the West or at least they are at this point. Uh, you know, the Troy's coach is in his first year. Will's in his in his second year here, and people are going, well, it can be done in one year. You know, it can be done. In two years, but one thing that I'm quick to point out is different coaches come into different situations. Take it, take it from there. No, I mean I, absolutely they do, and I, I think Coach Will Hall knew when he came in here how little talent we had, and I mean you can you can look at the last game of 2020 and look at you know Saturday's game, although you know we didn't win. But you can look from top to bottom. I mean, there's a lot more talent on the field. We're better at every position. Are we playing better at times? No. Yes, sometimes. Um, but I know Coach Coach Hall knows that, that we are, and again, you hate to say we're building it, but that's what he's doing. I mean, and he even said it last week. He said, hey, if we don't win Saturday, it's not the end of the world because we're getting better each week. 
obviously in the back of his mind, he wants to win every game he gets out there coaching, and that's the mindset. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't throw in a towel yet. I mean, I wouldn't um, really throw anybody under the bus right now. I mean, they're, they're coaching hard. They're playing hard. They have a good scheme. Things just haven't started bouncing our way just yet but it will and hopefully it will start this weekend so how if if you were advising zach wilkie you know how do you people go well we need to take care of the ball better well duh right but how how do you cut down on interceptions what's your advice to a young quarterback you know one is i mean you have to know pre-snap where the pressure is coming from and, and troy did a great job i mean they came from all different angles they were very good off the edge uh, they beat us up front um in the secondary, they, they kept our guys in front of them. I mean, yeah, we had the underneath stuff, but I mean, there's times where, you know, I was not a running quarterback and Luke will be the first to tell you. I think Luke knows my stats running the football. They're awesome. But, you know, they're incredible. there's times, <laughs> yeah, they're incredible. But there's times where you just have to say, Hey, I'm going to squeeze this football. I'm going to take it. I'm going to pick up two or three yards rather than take an eight yard sack or even, you know, turn a ball over or get, get a fumble in the backfield. So there's just things where you have to take, try to take a, a positive run that, that will help, help your team as opposed to taking a sack. So, you know, again, just knowing we're all 11 guys defensively on the field. And, and yeah, I'm sure late in the game, Zach was, was seeing ghosts for better terms, you know, maybe getting a little happy feet, but, and the guy had pressure all night long and got hit a ton too. So, you know, so, so that's my advice to him is, you know, instead of trying to throw it down the field, instead of trying to force it, you know, Tuck it, run, pick up a couple yards, have second eight now rather than second and 16. All right, Lee, we appreciate you. Let me say, too, it was good to have you back on the radio broadcast uh, Saturday night. We're, we're glad you're back and uh, back to normal. We look forward to talk to you each and every week. Hey, it was great to be back, guys. I appreciate it, and I look forward to talking to you all as well. All right, Lee Roberts, everybody. Quick reminder, programming note, the Eagle Hour will be at Coyote Meat Company this Wednesday afternoon. That's on Highway 98 West, and, boy, they have some good-looking steaks down there. And then a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour this Friday from Fuzzy's Tacos in Midtown as we get ready for homecoming 2022. Eagle Hour rolls along right after this. segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, Kelly, Nathan from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel News and Notes. Women's Volleyball in second place in the West after they sweep ULM in Monroe over the weekend. Coach Hazelwood's ladies swept on Thursday 3-0, swept the uh, Lady Warhawks, and then Friday won 3-1. They currently are behind one game behind South Alabama and Texas State in the West, and uh, I think that's where uh, where where they're headed this week, going out to San Marcos. So that'll be 
possibly an opportunity for the Lady Eagles to uh, to get in the top of the West. Soccer, after dropping to Coastal Carolina out in Conway, South Carolina, on Thursday, responds ties Troy on uh, Sunday, uh, one-to-one. They'll get ready to go to Mobile um, this coming weekend to take on the Lady Jags. Uh, they improved three ties on the year. They're, they're, you look at the overall record, 1-7-3, and three, but they're 1-3-2 and two in the conference, and uh, I think they're tied for fourth um, in the Western Division. Beach Volleyball got uh, their fall exhibition underway at UAB, taking on uh, UAB, Georgia State, and LSU, and that's just really their only performance for, for the fall, just an opportunity to get some matches in uh, to get ready for um, the spring. Men's golf. This is why it pays to be a golfer, guys. They're at the Oregon State Invitational in Corvallis. Uh, first round underway. They will play. I think they play one round today, and they may play 36 um, tomorrow. Lady Eagles up in Jonesboro, Arkansas, for the Lady Red Wolves Classic, sponsored by Arkansas State right now. Um, Coach Nunberg's ladies second right now. They shoot one under for the day. Elena Melich uh, shoots one, un- uh, one under. And uh, I think they're just a couple strokes back behind you. L-M. All right, Sunbelt recap from Saturday. Some of these uh, we got right, some of these we got wrong. Kelly, I think you got this first one right. Georgia State beat Georgia Southern 41-33. James Madison gets into the top 25 with a 42-20 victory over Arkansas State. Of course, Troy defeated the Golden Eagles 27-10. Coastal holds off Monroe 28-21. Probably the uh, the, the shocker, Yeah. San Marcos, Texas State wins over Appalachian State, 36-24. Marshall, ODU, South Allen, Louisiana were were off this weekend. What what surprised you from Saturday? What's going on with App State? I mean, they, they go and beat Texas A&M, and then they can't they can't seemingly beat anybody in the Sun Belt? Right. Defense. It's it's the defense. It's so bad. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you what kind of surprised me is how close Monroe played Coastal Carolina. That one surprised me, too. That was a little bit of a surprise. That They're a little better, I think, mm-hmm. than uh, – I watched thought. some of that game. Former Southern Miss Golden Eagle Chandler Rogers. He was nineteen and nineteen at one point. Finished twenty seven uh, of thirty for two seventy nine to two scores for uh, for Coach Bowden's team. You, you look at the the standings right now in the East. Coastal three and zero with James Madison three and zero. Old Dominion's only played one uh, conference game. They're one and zero. Then Georgia State, App State one and two, Marshall zero and one, Georgia Southern zero and two. In the West, South Al one and zero. Troy already played three games. They're two and one. Texas State, Arky State, ULM, and then Southern Miss and uh, Louisiana at the very bottom at zero and two. That's a surprise as well, Nathan. It's homecoming week on the campus, and you're there every day. So is it a different vibe this week? And uh, what what it do you anticipate seeing out of student support come Saturday night? Yeah, I think we all know if they had handled Troy uh, in their game this weekend, it would have been even bigger around the, uh, the campus. But obviously it's big. It's homecoming week. There's all kinds of events. So y'all go check those out and stuff if y'all want to join up. But, yeah, usually, I know times I've went, it's it's big time. You know, they, they get excited about some homecoming football no matter – how good or bad the team is, so I, I imagine we'll be seeing a, a good crowd from the. Fans. And they've got the so, floats, you I know, the so. mm-hmm. fraternities and sororities are getting out there each yep. night with the floats. And man, you couldn't ask for better weather to be exactly. out there, you know, getting your float ready and for I the homecoming Adam parade. I think Adam Doliak is coming back and uh, playing this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember, but I think, I think so. Right. Maybe I'm wrong about that, I, but I think that may be right. 
Other news, Matt Rule is out as head football coach of the Carolina Panthers in the National Football League. He was fired this morning. That's not necessarily a big surprise. Uh, that was kind of uh, expected in the last couple of weeks, but it is official today. Matt Rule is out. Among the names of potential successors, former Southern Miss head coach, Larry Fedora, who resigned as uh, head coach of the New Orleans Breakers a couple weeks ago. Of course, Charlotte is in North Carolina. El Fed used to coach at Chapel Hill. So, I don't know. We'll see how that we'll see. comes out. My guess is Larry Fedora will come back as a college coach, but what do I know? Yeah. Well, think about it. We've got a good relationship with him, so if he takes hey, the yeah. Carolina job, I'm sure we can get him here. On well, the and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he did because he's been out of work for two months now, so he doesn't yeah. know where his next meal's coming from, exactly I'm sure. Exactly right. And, uh, and of course, uh, the Saints won. A uh, good game, exciting yes. game, I thought. Great game yesterday morning between the Giants Ooh. and the Packers. That was really, really exciting. And uh, how'd that Sunday night game go, guys? I, m- I missed that. The that would Ra- explain your mood today, would it yeah. not? Justin Tucker kicked a game-winning field goal for the Ravens uh, in the, literally the last play of the game. And Somebody beat- said it last night, maybe on Sports Center. I, I think there is argument to be that he is the, the greatest possibly at his position that's ever played. And the thing about Justin Tucker, too, is is he doesn't, like, just barely make them. They're always right down the middle. I feel bad. When when Burrow snuck it in, I text Kelly in celebration, and then I said, ooh, there's too much time left. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just like the old R&B song when it comes to the goat, Kelly. Don't touch that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Don't get me started. Oh, yeah, to the top. To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.